What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ty Reeves. And before we get it started, I want to talk briefly about the UConn Sport Business Conference coming up. The conference is virtual, and it will be held on March 27th and March 28th. The conference will consist of sports professionals from the NBA, from ESPN, and the NFL, and many different sports organizations throughout the industry. The conference just announced that NFL insider Ian Rappaport will be attending, so that's huge for the UConn SBC. If you're interested to sign up at UConnSBC.com or check their IG and their Twitter out for more information. And before I almost forget, the conference is 100% free, so don't worry about breaking the bank to meet these high-end talents in the sports industry. Just sign up for free. Moving on today, I did some digging around UConn's campus, and it took me a couple of Husky bucks to get them to come on the show today. But joining me is UConn men's and women's basketball, famous basketball analyst on campus, my bro, big boss man, Ja Will. Ja, how you doing today, bro? I'm, I'm feeling great now that we punched a ticket into this tournament. I know, man. I I'm can't. It's been, it's been a long four years or a five years, years, five years. Just about. Yeah, just about. It's crazy to think like. You know, we were 25 at one point in the season and then Book gets hurt and we drop pretty much all the way out to a bubble first four out team. And now we're basically a certified bid. Definitely. I, I, I say we're locked. I say we're locked, honestly. We better be a lot. I mean, we just took out Seton Hall and that's a quad one win. Yeah. So USC is a quad one and they're what, 20 in the nation just about? Yeah, I think we're, we're three and three quad ones and everything else we're like basically... Uh, are we undefeated? I think we might have took one quad, two loss. But overall, basically, oh, yes. we locked with clinching, clinching third in the Big East first year back. I, I say we're locked, even if we lose to Georgetown, which I highly doubt. I do not think they're going to lose to Georgetown at home. But yeah, they're they're basically locked. Yeah, I know. After that Seton Hall win, I was I was on Twitter and just seeing the hate come out of fans from the AAC, I'm like, bro, you're in that trash conference still, bro. How are you even going to talk to us? Oh, I, I've been seeing... Uh, have you ever seen the same guy? I've been seeing that AACC sports guy. Yeah, bro. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, bro, I, I just can't. I'm not going to argue with them, man, because if, if they win a championship, right, and then, then maybe we could talk. But the fact that UConn is their only championship is... I don't know. Yeah, man. They're talking about... Like, they're just trying to come at UConn for moving to a weaker Big East. And I'm kind of like, you know, you have one automatic bid, and that's Houston. Like, Wichita State is on the first four out right now, I believe. So it's like, you're going to have one team go to the tournament. That's kind of that's sad, bro. Yeah, I think statistics-wise, uh, I think I, yeah, I think Big East is like two conferences ahead AAC this year, even though it is like a down year for them. But it's a down year for a lot of schools. I mean, a lot of conferences, in my opinion. I think the uh, biggest one is, like, ACC. Yeah, but I huge. think because um, Duke does not look like they're getting in. UNC, they're in. They're in. I don't know how. I yeah, mean, I'll be thinking about it. I, I got to look at it because, I don't know. They, they've been inconsistent. But yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, taking Duke, a loss at Marquette or taking Duke a loss and, at Marquette was crazy. Duke and NC still got to square up. I mean, they got one more game. That could not punch Duke's ticket, but that will definitely increase their resume. I think Duke has to win their tournament to go get in. But, you know, the name... I think they could do it, though. That's the thing. Well, that conference... The ACC has been really inconsistent this year. But, I mean, looking at it this way, I think Florida State would probably be the favorite to come out of that tournament. Absolutely. 
So, but if you think about it, March Madness without Duke, possibly Michigan State, those are two of the biggest names in college basketball. Do you really think a tournament committee will let that happen? The revenue they're going to miss out on for those two teams missing it? I think Michigan State, because I think, oh, I think they're playing right now, Michigan. So Michigan State has a chance, but I do, I don't think there's like anything they could really, unless they win, right? But I do not think they could make it, make it though, honestly. It's kind of like the same thing with like, um trying to say like, even though how bad Kentucky's doing this year, right? I don't even think they can make the NIT. That's disrespectful. No, I really don't think like, like based on their record, I, I don't even think they get an invite. This this Kentucky team reminds me of I don't remember the exact year, but it was Nerlens Noel's freshman year at Kentucky. He tore his ACL halfway through. I'm pretty sure they had the twins. Did they have the twins still? Or no? I'm not sure, but they literally they they went out in the first round of the NET or the NIT, and it was just it was crazy. Yeah, the thing about it is like they got all five star talent, which I don't know. I haven't watched like all their games, but that kind of just says it's more maybe a coaching thing, honestly. Yeah, maybe because I think I think maybe I mean who knows because I I don't look at the roster but who knows I know it's a bunch of like true freshmen on the team. Yeah, uh, that, that's what happens, man. That's what happens, man. Something you can't really trust them all to the five stars. I forgot who I was talking to about this, but it was it was a recent conversation. Is the one and done culture of these big time you know power five schools almost hurting them in the long run? No senior experience. It, like, I think. It doesn't – it hurts them, I think, in the chances of them getting the national title, right? But everything else, I think it, it doesn't affect them overall Like when it comes to, like, you know, conference standings, everything like that, be it consistently ranked. But that winning that that title game – because that's I think that's the thing Um, about when – what was it? 28 – was it 2018? 2018, Duke's team, Zion's team, RJ – um. RJ, Cam, and Zion, everything like that. I think like a lot of people would have think they they had a good chance, but in real reality, like based on like a lot of these other teams that have been winning, you would have just really known that they really weren't gonna win with a lineup full of freshmen. Yeah, that's right. just something that's not really gonna happen. So let's let's turn our our attention to what we actually want to talk about here. Oh, Obviously, yeah. the UConn, the men's, and then the women's just finished up their regular season with the Big East tournament about to start tomorrow. But let's go. Let's get right into the men's. Who do you think should win the Big East Player of the Year? James Booknight. But I agree. He's not going to. Right. It's so upsetting. But so so my actual answer would probably be Colin Gillespie. And prayers up for him because he is he's out for the uh rest of the season. He I think he tore the MCL. Yeah, they just they just announced that this nah, that's, that's tough to see. That now nah, that is like the face of Villanova right now. Yeah, no, it, it it sucks to see for them, especially because you know this is they just clinched the regular season title. They're going into the tournament on somewhat of a high after basically blowing out Creighton, the second best team in the conference according to standings. But you know I. It sucks to say because if you look at it statistically wise, I think James should still have a good chance or at least be in the conversation for it. Because mm-hmm. you look at it, what are we, 10 and 2 now without him or with him, 10 and 2, 9 and 2? 9 and 2. And then without him, we're 4 and 4. I think that just shows, you know, the impact he has on, you know, this UConn team because with James, we are arguably a top 25 team in the nation. I think if he doesn't get hurt, 
we're top 15 right now. If, you know, put because he got injured, you know, we drop out. There was talks of us missing out the tournament. I think just that alone should be enough to really have the committee sit down and be like, hey, this book night kid really deserves to get looked out for the player of the year honors. Well, I know like committees will definitely consider that at some point, but I really think over it's kind of to me, like when it comes to player of the year, it's kind of similar just to the NBA MVP, how it's just like a regular season award. They usually give it to the best player of the best team. And I really just think just because well, I think Villanova was when this is their eighth um, championship, conference championship or title in nine years. Right, best record in the conference, so I really think they're going to give it to him. And I, I'm not going to argue. I'm, I'm not going to argue and really say that he doesn't deserve it because he kind of does deserve it in a way, right? For leading that Villanova team um, to another um, title. Well, not title, regular season. No, I mean, yeah, regular season. Yeah. You know, I'll be. I'll forget it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I wouldn't have an issue with Colin Gillespie winning. Obviously, you know, 14 points per game and you know almost five assists, having the best assist to turnover ratio in the Big East. I mean. He he his stats show and obviously his team's performance show that he deserves it. I can also see Robinson Earl from Nova winning it. I mean, fourteen and a half points a game, almost yeah, nine think, rebounds. I think he'd probably be behind guys like Zagorowski or even I think uh Mamu uh from St. Hall either. Yeah, man. That that Mamu because St. Hall was yeah, they were they were they were super I think right now they I don't know if they're yeah they're first four out so they would be like a one seed in the NIT right now, but yeah I like the way he plays though I'm not gonna lie because he does not he does not move like a big man he doesn't he, he really does not like, he, he really I mean he isn't a big man he is not he he really just moves like a guard I'm not gonna lie <laughs> be it's trying crazy. to it really is like literally we you watched the game yesterday this yeah. dude took the ball up the court. Passed it, got it back, and basically did a hezzy a sidestep and pulled up. I mean, he missed, but like allowing a six eleven senior forward to kind of just have that moment in the game is it's pretty freaking impressive. Because I know if Isaiah Whaley tried to do that, I'd probably throw something at the <laughs> Yeah, nah, he he's. I mean, I think I think he's looking at a second round. He's looking like a second round, late second round pick. Yeah, yeah. So he he'll, he'll go to the next level. I, I think it's interesting. I'm a, I'm gonna watch out for him when he. When he goes over there, because he really, the way he moves, he do not move like a, a big guy. I know. He doesn't even play center for the team. I think they got a true seven-footer Yeah, no. Team. Ike, I, I, Ike, whatever his name is, bro, 7'2", 280. Yeah, yeah, like, he, he's huge. Too bad, like, he's kind of trash. But anyways, nah, so moving, moving on, though, we obviously just discussed James and his contention for player of the year, and this was another thing we talked about yesterday. Is he a lock for the first team looking at it? Because I was just going through the statistics of some of the top players through that throughout the season, and it's going to be tough for him to get in. At this point, I do think the committee is going to have to consider that he was out. I think I think for like for Biggie's player of the year, I could let him I could let it slide. Like like I, I wouldn't be mad that he didn't get it. But like first first um what's it called first team? Nah, he he has to get it. I mean, I, I certainly think he deserves it. I mean, again, I said what I had to say before, but even his stat line, 20 points per game, that's leading the conference, even though it's not official. Almost six rebounds. You know, as a two-guard, that's also very impressive. I but, think- like, it's crazy, though. Like, looking at some of these other guards play, like Gillespie, Duke, Champigny, you know, Zigorowski, it's it's going to be tough. <laughs> 
It would be tough, but I, I, I think I think even other teams would probably consider him to be uh, on the first team. If you see if you see a Suda Jr. step on that court, the way he gets doubled and spaces out that floor, yeah, I, I think he should Agreed. definitely be. I mean, like who who would I really think? Like yeah, Gillespie. I think Earl will probably get into Mamu. Um. And honestly, I'm not really going to argue. I'm not going to. I'm. I don't think Duke should get over James. I don't. I don't think Champagne should get over James either. I mean, I could definitely agree with Duke a hundred percent, just because I didn't know Providence's record was that bad. I mean, twelve and twelve below. What was it, Butler? George Georgetown. Georgetown. That's a problem with like, George. That's. I mean, but his stat line: seventeen point one a game with just about six and a half rebounds. That's that's solid. But it's solid. It is. He's a solid player. Listen, I like Duke. I'm not gonna lie and say like, "Oh, he's trash." No, no, no. He's not trash. He's not trash. He's not trash. He's a good player, but like, he's definitely not better than than Book by any means necessary. I think you can I make s- the argument with Champagne because like St. John's, like they, they they could get hot at times, at certain times, and they could still honestly make a run and get into the conference. They um, could, be. but they do got bad losses down the stretch. They I do. mean, they'd have to win, or probably like I'm talking probably semifinals or finals, honestly. No, nah, I think they'd probably need to win the tournament to I actually so. get in, which is crazy. But if you could sit down like right now and name your five for the Big East first team, who who would it be? Oh Jesus. What I say, Colin, I think so. I think Villanova gets two. I think they get him in a row. Uh Mamu. James. Um who else was over but I probably would put Shane Penny over uh, over Duke, honestly. I probably would do that. And then after that, uh, I don't really know who else. Then how, how many spots are in the first team? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I don't usually know. They I'm, do I'm just talk- naming, honestly, right now I'm just naming like the best who I think is the. Oh, I'm actually dumb. I forgot, I didn't even play Zagorowski. Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of stopped uh, yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm dumb. For he me, should be definitely be up there. For me, it's probably going to be, I say Villanova takes two. If we're just going to go the straight, the first five in for the first team, I'm going to go with Gillespie and Earl, definitely, because obviously Nova won the conference, two best players on the best team. I'm going to go with Buck Knight just because his impact is just kind of like undeniable at this point. And if he plays a whole season, there's not a doubt in my mind, he wins player of the year. I'm going to go with Zagorowski just because – Creighton's ranked, I mean, second best team in the conference. I think it's only right. And then for me, the the fifth is a toss-up. I mean, you could look at Duke and say he led a bad Providence team. You could say Champagne led a decent St. John's team. But for me, I'm going to go with Mamu as well. I think just being on the first four out for the bubble, almost 18 a game with seven rebounds, you, you don't ask for anything more from your senior, you know, your, your, your leader. Probably uh Saint um Saint Hall probably has actually who would I say I say because I think Xavier is on the bubble, but they low key might be in, right? I know Saint Hall's out. It's just Xavier has been like very inconsistent. But those are the next two teams because I don't I don't know what people are saying. Oh, how many bids we get? I think we could get four bids honestly. I think we should be. Able, I think we have three locks. I think that again Seton Hall. They're the four seed, and if they're on the bubble, I think then that's all we're going to get as far as that goes. But 
I mean, you you never know what most teams have. Not a lot of conference tournaments have started. They could sneak their way in. They can make a run in the Big East. I mean, you 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 never know really going down the stretch. But you know, let's let's go through the Husky lineup and what what other players do you see getting any sort of season honors? Uh, RJ second team. Sonogo, um, all freshman team. Uh, who else? Defensive player of the year, Whaley. Um, and I think Martin could squeeze into second team, possibly. I, I think, think Martin, dude, it's crazy because he started off the season. He did the opposite of yeah. kind of what Cole did. Cole started off slow. I remember we were we were telling them, you know, go back to Howard and whatever. But all right, <laughs> in, in, in respect, in respect to my guy, he he definitely picked it up down the stretch. Yeah. And he definitely, you know, marked his his stamp or marked the spot in that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Whereas Martin, I mean, zero points against Seton Hall. He did rebound well, which is a consistent for him. But I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold, man. I think if he would have played well down the stretch, he would have definitely been a lock at least for the third team. But you know, I mean, 11, 11 and seven, you can't, you really can't go wrong with that from a guard. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, he definitely did kind of, I think when book uh, came back, kind of did take a, a seat back. Well, I mean, yeah, he did drop zero. That's it. But hey, we got, we got the dove. We did get the dub. That's all that matters. So I think that's why, like, you know, you give him the pass, man. He got, he got the dub. I, I can give him my man's a pass. Yeah. yeah. He's averaging me, 11. I think. What is Cole averaging? 11 maybe? and 7. Yeah. For me, I agree, though. I def RJ second team, Whaley second team with defensive player of the year. I mean, two, almost three blocks a game. That's ridiculous. Kind of picked up where Cook, you know, what he filled the role of what a Cook was last year. Yeah. Um and honestly, I wouldn't mind if he came back for the fifth get, year. Could he get most improved? Was he? I mean, he, he was playing. He's playing good. That's that's season, another thing. They they were saying. I was looking at it. I mean, he could make a run for most improved as well. But I don't. I don't think he gets that. I yeah, think I definitely he, defensive player of the year, though. I think that's yeah, a lot. I don't. Him. I don't think he probably gets it from. I mean, yeah, he did improve. I think he was averaging six points a game last semester, and now he's basically averaging eight. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting threes now. He got he got a three point percentage now. He did not have a three point percentage in right? his first three seasons. He he extended the range. I mean, obviously that's something that Hurley must have worked on with him because we did not see him shooting the ball last season whatsoever. Oh yeah, it's been weird. I seen it yesterday. I was like, oh yeah. I see him take, get his feet set. I was like, okay. Yeah, he took one, and he took another one, and I was like, why are you shooting that? Yeah. And then he took one where he pumped fake, and he stepped inside the got He got, I like, they be working on the footwork with the team. I could tell. Him and Sonogo, he got his man off the floor, in the air, straight to the basket. Oh, I was, if Sonogo not playing a 7-2 giant, he easily has 20-plus yesterday. No, 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 no. What Sonogo was doing was like, because honestly, I thought, right, when we were going to the game, and I really thought it was like close. This is why, like, on all like predictions, like 50-50%. Satan Hall is probably one of the bigger teams in probably the nation, honestly. They're they're a big team. They got they got Mamu, they got that guy too, right? 
I don't know how much, but if you if you were watching the game, you just see how much we out rebounded them, everything like that. And Sonoko was bullying that man, mm-hmm. and just having his way. He when the game when we were, I think what we were down like ten or something like that, like just to start the game. Sonoko was the one kept keeping us alive. That's very true. Very true. And then since we're focusing on yesterday's game, I just want to say that kid eroded was giving us buckets to start off. Oh no, he was cooking. That other kid. <laughs> Bruh, that other kid said, I don't miss, bruh. And now he's on every single media outlet. Every bro. single every. Seen, media outlet, bruh. If you see Bleacher Report post it, man, oh my goodness. He, it's, it's over. I think he said, I bet 10K, I ain't never missing. And and I just hurt, bro. It shook my TV. I'm not going to lie. The sound what? of it in that room. <laughs> oh my, I, I got scared. I looked up. I was like, what was that? And then he missed the second one. I know, bro. I tweeted this. I was like, I don't know what's better. That kid mi- saying he don't miss, missing two free throws, or Isaiah Whaley doing push-ups and then bricking two free throws. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. You see, I could tell we probably won that game because I do not remember. <laughs> I don't remember him bricking the free throws. Yeah, so nah. I could tell we probably, probably won that game. Yeah. But shout out to my guy Gaff. That, that, that slam was OD, bro. I didn't see it coming. I thought he was gonna give it back to James, but he said, "Nah, bro. Oh, like, no, nah, I, I yeah. This one, I, I was like, up. "Damn, I stood up because I, I ain't not even, I ain't even seen him do that first night. Did not know nah, he do that. Gaff got hops, bro. I've I seen, see, him I've in seen the a picture a of him bit. with the vertical. He was, he was getting, he, he had a, he had a nice vertical, bro. All I seen him, I seen him and James in the wreck once. Well, I saw Gaff multiple times, but I saw James in there once." Gaff gets up. It's sneaky bounce, but he does really get up. But moving on, let's get into the Big East tourney. We're the three seed. We play the winner of St. John's DePaul. Should we be worried about, you know, our first round, or should we really just be worried about when we face off with Creighton? Or I would be worried because it is, is going to be St. John's. So I think um... – I think I think we even out the series and everything like that. But St. John's, like, I forgot that player's name. But yeah, they play. is it him? I think yeah. it's the number one. The guard, yeah. The guard, yeah. Like, he, he played. They play with a lot of, like, intensity like us, honestly. Like, him, when I was watching him play against, uh, I forgot the team. But, like, he was getting beat down, like, all over the floor. Like, like he was taking hits, right? But he kept getting back up. So, I would worry a little bit about them. Right, so so it's not going to be a cakewalk, right? But if we go past them, because we are going to face Creighton, uh, Creighton they're on a two game losing streak right now. They tickle, uh, I'd say, was it a bad loss? I mean, Xavier's just been inconsistent, so he took that Villanova, give him a pass, everything like that. Even with the whole Colin Gillespie um being out and everything like that, I'll give it a pass for that. But um, I don't know what's going they on because I, I think we all know what happened with that locker room comment with their coach and everything like that. It is probably a little weird in there, right? Yeah. They didn't want him to resign, right? But still, I know. I think I was like even on, I was on Twitter. I seen a girl from the women's team of Crayon making a post about that, saying like the way like it hurts. She was saying like it hurts some of the people um definitely on the team. So you never know, and then. Colin Gillespie being out for uh, Villanova, that's actually, like, really tough, really tough, because he is their heart, their soul, their face of Villanova. He is their guy, and to lose him, that's actually, like, really rough. So I wouldn't say 
we should be overly too worried, but you know we can't get too complacent or everything like that. I I think we have a good chance of winning the tournament right now. Yeah, we're fully no, healthy, no. everything like that. I think we have a really good chance of winning it. I agree, honestly. Me looking at it right now, if I'm looking at the bracket, I think I'm more worried about playing St. John's than I am about playing Creighton. Yeah, like, Creighton's not playing the best basketball. Even Christian Bishop last night against Nova, it looked rough for him, missing layups around the rim. I mean, it could just be playing in Philly. It's tough. But I definitely would be a little bit more intimidated of St. John's just because, like, they didn't beat us. Like, Creighton beat us because we choked when we were at Gamble. Oh, yeah, those free throws killed us. Exactly. There's no doubt in my mind that we don't miss those free throws. We win. But St. John's just... Literally, the game was up in the air, and they just took it from us. Like, they wanted it more. So I think, like, playing against a tough St. John's team, obviously, is a little bit more intimidating than for me playing against a Creighton team, which, honestly, I'm so shocked they're in the top 25. Like Creighton? Yeah. They've been very consistently within the top 20. I think I, I honestly don't think they dropped below 17. Yeah, I don't either. I think the NET rankings has them at 25 now, which I'm not 100% positive about. but. I still think what they have seven losses now in the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, they're just, yeah, NET has them now at 25. So they're just in 17 and seven. But let's go on and let's start handing out our honors. So for UConn, team MVP. James Blue Knight. Yep. No, no disagreement there. Defensive player of the year. See ya, Whaley. I agree, Whaley. Most improved. <laughs> Now, this one is kind of hard It is to me, right? Because when you think of most improved, I think maybe you're thinking probably um, from the previous season to this current season, right? And in that case, I'd probably give it to Whaley, right? But down the stretch, the thing about it is a lot of people have been showing up down the stretch. I'm not going to lie because RJ has definitely been showing up. And I will give it to Sonoga, too. Sonoga's been pretty consistent, honestly, for a freshman, too. Yeah. For me, so I'd I, say it could be between RJ and uh, Whaley. But I think probably Whaley would get it. For me, right, I thought of it as like this. I definitely looked at rather than like in, from the AAC to the Big East because there we did have a lot of new faces. So... I went with Whaley for defensive player of the year, and I gave most improved to RJ just because, like we said before, like he started off good. You know, I think he had like 17 in one game, 12 in the other, and then he had his lull, and they got taken out of the starting lineup. Then he got back in, and ever since he got put back in, he's just been a different player. So I give him most improved for that. But I'd also, an honorable mention, even though he had a rough game last game, I'm going to go with Andre Jackson. I think when he first start, like started off before he hurt his wrist, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was kind of like, Ooh, like he doesn't look like there's really any offensive game. Like you can't get to the rim as easy as it was in high school. You know, I started getting jump man vibes. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Yo, stop, I started stop, getting stop, jump stop. man vibes. <laughs> Bro, you know this. I said this coming into the season though. I was like, his highlights are all dunks. I nah, was you like, did say that. And I did see that. Exactly. And He's shown since he's come back, he could play. He's probably one of our better on ball defense or are one of our on ball defenders. And his passing, the potential to be a good passing wing is there. And then once he got to do something about his jump shot, 
But oh, yeah. once he gets some sort of consistency, even if it's a mid-range game where defenders actually have to worry about him, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the better players in the conference. So shout out yeah. Andre for also uh, most improved. But who See, who's I'm, your freshman in the year? Freshman Sonogo. Agreed. Sonogo. I think I I think Sonogo really became what um uh, what uh, Kofi Coburn was supposed to be for us if we did recruit him. Uh, he, he, that team when um he plays for Illinois now. Look at them; they're one seed. Over uh, one seed, I think they might they might move up to number two in the AP polls because they did it. They they beat Michigan without their star point guard. Um, but yeah, I think he, he and plus he's just a freshman. The the footwork. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like if he stays out of foul trouble, because that's the thing about, like, not, not just Sonogo, but just the whole team just loves getting into foul trouble, like, just loves fouling. If he stays, like, out of foul trouble, stays on the floor, nah, he he, he might be the one. I agree. Sonogo for I have high hopes. I have high hopes too, man, you know. The first couple of games, when he started, and you're kind of like, I don't see it. You know, he's undersized to play the big. I mean, not strength-wise, obviously. He's just 6'10", I think. He's 6'9". No, 6'9", 6'9", yep. But finishing with almost seven, almost five rebounds a game for your freshman year on a pretty, a better UConn team, you know, probably the best UConn team in the past five years. It's it's and pretty he, impressive. He beat out Carlton for this. Oh, sorry, Spencer, sorry, basically. And at one point, Carlton was the most improved player, I think, for first year going to UConn 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. He was the most improved player, and he beat out Carlton for the starting position, which says I. Agreed. And Carlton is six eleven. He is like he, he's the center. He's the center. He's six he eleven. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna bash Carlton. Obviously, he got beat out. He had moments this year though when like he did what he had to do though. Oh yeah, I like I like having him on the floor. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I still think he he played better this year than he did last year, in my opinion. But let's go on to this is an award we don't want to give out, but most disappointing. See. You know, you were praising Andre, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about maybe, but I really will give Andre a pass because, like like you say, he is... The reason, like, I think you could say disappointed is because he was, like, a highly touted, I think, maybe top 50 uh, recruit coming in, right? And you could see how well Sonogo has been, like, coming through for us. He's another, um, another top recruit, right? But I'm definitely giving Andre a pass because of the fact that, A, he was injured and... In, B, there was no offseason to develop his game really that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. So plus, he was I'm, suffering with them knee injuries that mm-hmm. Hurley was talking about. So, I give Andre a straight pass, everything like that. You know, I think he got a lot of potential. <sighs> most disappointed. You see, that's that's hard, right? That's hard to go say the most disappointing when this is our best team in, like, the five years and our most talented team, right? Like, my arguments, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Because I feel like every person on the team has their own role. And they play that role pretty good. Like, I think maybe... I feel like the only argument someone might make is probably, I think, Jalen. Honestly, I think when we were talking, I think someone was, like, saying, like, what, what, what is he really there for? But, nah, I, I, I wouldn't even argue that, honestly. For me, I'm, a, I'm going to say Jalen just because... It's almost like you remember that commercial. I forgot who it is, but it's the old man with the dollar, and he's like on the reel, and then he like pulls it back, and he's like, "Yeah, gotta, gotta be cooking in that." that. <laughs> like, I literally think that's what Jalen, like, does. 
to everybody, including the team. It's like he shows flashes of how good he can be and how easy he can get to the rim. But then it's like, it's just so inconsistent. Like, we all saw the circus shot. I forgot who it was against his freshman year, but like, that's the gaff we want to see taking it to the hole, like, strong, being aggressive. Oh, yeah. Whereas, when, like, he could yes, be a little bit more selfish. I think that's exactly. Like, yesterday he went to the rim versus Seton Hall and tried to, I don't even know who was, it might have been Tyrese, but it was like, you're already at the rim. Why are you even trying to kick it out at this point? Especially to someone cutting across the baseline. So that that's my most disappointing. Not to say he's a bad player, because again, I do think he's improved in, you know, as far as ball handling and making better decisions goes. But I just again, I just wish he was a little bit more selfish. But moving on, what do you think was our most important win this year? I'd probably have to say up there. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. That the seeing home one is pretty important, honestly, for us because that that basically cause both of us were looking like for most of uh people's brackets looking like we're on the bubble. I could say probably USC though. Yeah, I agree. I That's an important quad one. When way. anyone pulls up the resume, they're not ranked now, but I think I think I don't know if they were ranked at one point. I know they got a bunch of votes. They're like super close to me. Right? Like I'm talking about like probably 2017 or something like that. But yeah, when well, people pull up the resume, that's that's the one that's popping up. I mean, it was a neutral court, but that still is a quad one win and everything like that. So I think that's probably our most important win. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit different route. I'm definitely going to say Xavier away on the road without James still. Just because oh, yeah. you're coming off a tough back-to-back losses against Seton Hall and a bad Providence team where that Providence game was actually horrible to watch. Mm-hmm. So I think... Xavier, you know, changes the tide. You get the entire team involved. Andre, or not Andre, RJ takes most of the bulk work offensively. And then you get news the following day that James is back. And then you start this little run you go on, even with the Villanova loss. So I think that's the most important win. Yeah, that's why I could kind of argue with the whole St. Holden. Because the fact is, there's a lot of things about St. Hall of the game that's really important. Because, right, we're both on the bubble. But B, right, coming in there, it's their senior night, right? They're on a two-game losing streak, right? And they finally let fans back in the stadium, right? So that that would have an effect. So that's why I really like that one. I agree. But also, I really so, do think it just punched your ticket in. I agree on that, too. I think beating a team that's on the bubble, like, kind of just sets it, you know, like, hey, we deserve to be here. But I think but, that USC win kept us alive even when we were losing. That's true. So... With that saying, we just talked a couple. I just brought up a couple bad losses. What, oh, what do you think one, was our worst loss? Providence. Providence. Oh, my God. I, I think it's Providence. St. John's, too, is up there because the free throws was killing them. That's the same thing Creighton in, in St. John. The free throws were, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to cuss. shit. Oh, my Facts. God. <laughs> oh, bro. Like, I never, like, bro, I just, just turn off the TV and just go. I went to work angry with that Satan John. Like I was in I showed up late. Just just angry. Like I didn't want to help no customers, no nothing like that. Just because of the free throws. Now we're a better free throw team because you saw yesterday they, they were making their shots. Thank God. Thank like God. but like games like Creighton and St. John man, they were just running or I was just hoping like after the game coach was just making them run suicides. Suicide. But I do think most disappointed is Providence because I don't even think they were ever in the game at any point. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to go with two losses. I'm going to say the most disappointing loss 
was obviously Creighton home, missing mm-hmm. two late free throws when the game is practically practically sealed. And then mm-hmm. worst loss, I'm going to agree and say Providence. That game Actually, was horrible to watch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because I think I think I was saying what Providence was the most disappointed. No, you're right. Creighton was absolutely the most disappointing loss. Yeah. Ooh, that that one. Because what makes this worse? What makes this worse? What makes this worse? What makes this worse? How many points did James drop? Forty. Forty, and we lost. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you can't do that to him. Like, like, like dropping forty. That's like that's like the Wizards. Like you, you mm-hmm. making someone regret where they committed. Like that, that's you can't do that. I agree. Cause even this is the thing for me. We talked about it already, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But James drops 40 in a loss that we had the lead going into the last minute of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you have two almost secondary leaders to James in RJ and Tyrese miss key free throws to win the game. So it's not even it's not even like, oh, we played well, it was head to head. They got the, you know, the better end of the stick. Like, we literally said, here, Creighton, here's the game on a silver platter. You take it. We're going to miss our free throws. Like, it, it was just like, oh, I don't even know, man. But best play of the season, what do you think it is? That's hard. That's hard. Best play, like, what way? Like, got me out my seat or is like... <laughs> Yeah, got Ooh. you out your seat. Exactly. Hmm. That um that play and they run this consistently. That play with um RJ and they have James running to the rim. And right? Mm-hmm. You know that one? Yeah. The, that consistently, yeah, that consistently gets me out my seat. I'm not gonna lie. Facts. I think every time James dunks the basketball, I'm kinda like, hey. Mm-hmm. But, but probably my favorite is probably probably the Whaley Sonoga getting the block. Like it's hard to say like what's the best play because I really don't remember every single highlight of the game. <laughs> but yeah. For me, I'ma go there was there was two. There's actually three because I liked Creighton game when James went up and he had the opportunity to dunk it, but then he kind of just flipped it into a little finger roll layup and got the and one. Mm-hmm. But for me I think the one that got me out of my seat the most and kind of knew the season was going to turn was when Longsleeve's book threw down that putback jam. Oh, yeah, when he came back for his return? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. First, first points in the return, you know, it's a game like going back to fun. back and forth, and this dude just flies in out of freaking nowhere. Put back down. I mean. You know, you know what I could argue, too? What? A cook a cook with his back-to-back threes. I, I could argue that. You could argue that, that. That 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 just made me happy. Facts. See that just back. made me happy. He because well, what game was that too? I forgot. But like he gave us the energy. He turned it all around. I think it was Providence. I think it was Providence. Facts. Second round revenge. I seen the cook just getting three. I was like, wow. So I we are. Happy. We're running on time here, so we're gonna we're gonna pick it up a little bit. We'll definitely do another episode to talk about the men's team overall. But let's move into the women's. Finish first in the nation. What are the expectations for March? We win. You think we go? We if we don't win we a championship, it's, we it's... win. It's bust. <laughs> it's a bust. Now I'm gonna final. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a win. It's a win or bust, man. Like if you're number one ranked on the, in the nation, right? 
And maybe if we wasn't, right? But when you number one rank, it is kind of hard to like arc. Like you expect the number one team. Like it doesn't matter if it's March Madness or something like that. Like you know what I'm saying? You expect the number one team to to win the chip. Yeah, no, I agree. For me, I think I wouldn't say it's a winner bust. I mean, it'd be great for them to win. You know, I want to. It's go, been a while. It's been a while, and I want to go stupid on campus, even even in the pandemic. You know, people are gonna get. Yeah, see, like maybe maybe if this was next season when we get Azzy, and if it's not that we lost, then I'd probably be like, yeah, it's a winner bust because you. No, nah, no, nah, I I agree on that, but I think Final Four is a, a realistic expectation. They're gonna face I off agree. against a tough team no matter what. I mean, and it's not like the women's field isn't like. Past year years, better. you know, it's it's better. better. We lost exactly. to Arkansas. Exactly, Arkansas was a ranked team, and then after that, we came back and beat South Carolina. Exactly. So I think my opinion, Final Four. But did the- did anybody really think that Paige wasn't going to win Player of the Year? Like uh, that's a genuine question. I think she might not. Honestly, though, she won. No, I th- oh, we're talking about biggies. I'll talk about like. Oh, uh, national player nation, of the year? Oh, nation. no, without a doubt, yeah. that's up in the year. I think there's someone. I think there's someone. I forgot her. What, what team is she on? Is she on Iowa or something like that? She got like 22 per game. And she's a freshman. No, she's going crazy. But, yeah, there's no doubt because every, any conference UConn goes to or these last conferences we've been to, we just dominate. Yeah, no. I, I think the I, only I, place we could get competition, honestly, is if we went to the uh, SEC. Yeah, I agree. Women's. I agree. Or maybe I mean, if we went to the ACC. They did not want us there. <laughs> nah, probably. Yo, I wish we were there sometimes, but hey, I'm glad we we're in the Big East. But yeah, probably SEC is the only place you can get some real competition from um we women's um point of view. But yeah, I I think I think probably the closest game we had in this the what the Big East was probably last game, honestly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mark was put it on that. the show. Mm-hmm. I was looking. I was like, oh wait, hold on. This is this is very close. They got more points than they did. At the half, then they had the whole game last time. All right. So now this is this is what I really wanted to talk about before we get into the team awards. Um Liv was named co-defensive player of the year. I didn't know they did that still. I thought we left that in kind of like high school or whatever. But she didn't even get first team all big east, which I thought was kind of I'm gonna say ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't I'm pretty sure the women's, it's 10 players for the first team all Big East. You're telling me Liv isn't a top 10 player in the Big East? I think that's kind of OD. It's slanderous. It really is. Like 13, I'm pretty sure she was 13 and 7. Let me me double check real quick. But like she's the only, probably one of the only traditional big men in the league. She plays on the block. She can now step out and hit the three, hit the long range mini if she has to. Like, what else do you want her to do to be named, you know, first team? Like, 13 points on the money, seven seven rebounds just about. Actually, my, my apologies, almost eight, and she's not a first teamer. Let me go check some things really quick before I even. Who they got? I really don't know. I don't really know what's going on. So, the women's. Creighton. Creighton, because I'm seeing the teams that they're on. I could tell you right now. There's a there was a couple. There might have been two players from DePaul. There was two from us. Oh, Marquette wait, had one wrong year. There was they they there was a couple. Le- Leilani Correa from uh, St. John's made it, but she's an absolute bucket. Mm-hmm. So I want to know 
just I just don't understand how Liv doesn't make it here. I have it. I have it right here. So the Biggie's first team, we had Paige, Kristen. We had Lexi Held from um, DePaul, Sonia Morris from DePaul, Selena Lott from Marquette. And then we had Leilani Carrera from St. John's, Desiree Elmore from Seton Hall, Andra Espinosa Hunter from Seton Hall, Lauren Park Lane from Seton Hall. Yeah, they got three then, people from Seton Hall. I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. That's that's very strange now that I'm looking at it. I see, I see that on Twitter. I mean, they are third in the Big East. They're, they're third. But still. Uh, I don't know. But uh, moving on, let's get into the team awards. MVP for you. Paige. I'm going to go with Paige as well. Defensive player of the year. Olivia. I agree. Olive, Olivia. Uh, freshman of the year. See, I'm going to give it to Paige, right? But I just want to say Aaliyah Edwards should be in the conversation too. Yeah, nah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah added a presence that we were missing last year. Absolutely. Just being an actual big body that can come off the bench into the game. I mean, there's a reason why she won six six women of the year. Yeah, I in the Big East. want her to be in. She, yeah, I mean, Paige has to win it, right? But still, I, I want her to be in that conversation. Agreed. Most improved. That's hard. For me, I already know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with Aubrey. I don't think people give Aubrey the credit she deserves as a player. She's somebody that can basically do it all at this point. I mean, once she gets a little bit more consistent from the three-point line, she that'll just open up her game even more. But just her athleticism and what she brings on the defensive end, especially when they go into a 1-3-1, one, one, it's, it's, it's OD. So that's going to be my most improved. No, I think that's a, definitely a valid – that's definitely a valid uh, pick. And then we're going to go most important win. I think we can agree that it was the number yeah. one win against South Carolina. Absolutely. Put us over the edge. I think, were we ranked number three at that time or number I two? I believe so. Because after we hit number one, right, Every everything else like below us has been shifting around. It's basically like how it is with Gonzaga and the men's side. Yeah, um, no, that, that game, after that game, or I don't even think it was after. I think it was before it. NC State like lost to an unranked team and they were numbered like two and then they came back and beat the number one team and then South Carolina moved up mm-hmm. and then we beat them. So it, it was a crazy week, but I agree that definitely put us over the hump. And then for best play, what do you have? Oh, Paige, 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 you know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, the way it bounced off that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not a way. There's a reason it's on Bleacher Report, Sports Center, ESPN, all that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like, nah, like I felt like I was watching Kawhi in uh, <laughs> in finals game. against the Sixers <laughs> with that shot that that went in. Oh my goodness! No, nah, I agree 100. percent That shot was od. And my little brother will say it was he'll he'll say it was luck, but I don't. No, no, no. That's, that's Paige. That's Paige. It's gener- Paige. generational talent. Exactly. I be I trying think, to tell him that. I'm like, you're watching greatness, bro, but he don't want to admit it. I think what's crazy is I think South Carolina really had like a chance, right, to like win the game at that point, like because we, we weren't ahead by that much. But like as soon as that went in, I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I was like, it's over. Like, oh boy, like she didn't even think it was gonna go in. But it went actually, in. no, I'm like she did. That's Paige. That's Paige Booker. That's Paige, <laughs> Paige buckets. 
right. Now, to end it off real quick, we talked about this a little bit before. You know, Azzy Fudd's coming in as well as, I think, three more, like, four-star or five-star recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Saylor came a, a year early. Mm-hmm. But is next year a must-win? You have no no players that we know of leaving for the WNBA. You have the player of the year in the Big East coming back. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the best players I, in the nation. The way the way as he's been, because because when Paige came in, Paige was hyped, right? Like I'm talking about ESPN like cover, Slam magazine cover, right? And if not that, she lived up to the hype. So if as you could live to the hype just as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I know everybody's seen her on that ESPN cover page. I, I think I think it could be a nice one. I think it is a nice one. I think it's but to be fair, I think we have just high like regards for a women's team because we've just been dominating. So I feel like every year is a must win. No, I don't even think I think this year saying is a must win is, is a stretch. I think next year though, you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Kristen, Avina, Olivia, you know, three experienced seniors that, you know, have, you know, obviously he played at Tennessee, had to sit the year, had knee surgeries and whatnot. But Liv will have, at that point, three full years with two years of NCAA experience. Kristen will have the same thing. Like, I think they it, it's about time that, you know, another championship comes back to stores because, you know, you, you're going in with three seniors, the best sophomore in, sophomore in the country, a bench full of sophomores that offer loads of talent, and then you're going to come in with a bunch of freshmen that, you know, they're five stars for a reason, you know? So I think next year is a must win in my eyes. Absolutely. I mean, it's a must win because we have to be there. They have to win while we're here. Facts. Like, Facts. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing. They have that's to win it. while we're here. That's it. It's a must win because it's our last year of college. Come on, so come on. We need to be there. Come on. I have to be. All right. Well, big boss man, Ja Will, yes, best sports analyst. College and stores yeah, Connecticut. Merch Madness, um, super fan. I wouldn't say I'm a super fan because I don't, I don't run no stand account on Twitter and all like that. Listen, but I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm close up there. All I know is if you need, you need ranking updates. You need somebody to tell you how it is. Don't, don't look at John Rothstein, man. Just, just go find Ja Wheel on Twitter. That's my boy, though. You know what, Ja, ja Wheel? Tell him your Twitter real quick. Let him, let him know. Let him know where, Chad, where to find Chad. you at. <laughs> Yeah, chill before and the UConn feds Before, here before, before Cam's police calls me again. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk a little bit of basketball with anytime, me. Anytime. Anytime. Especially March, my favorite month behind. Actually, I think I like March more than my birthday birth month. <laughs> I think I do. All right. Well, for everybody that listened, thank you for tuning in on the Everything and Everything podcast. Well, on the, on the Anything and Everything podcast. That's bad. But until next time, stay safe. Don't get the corona like I got it. And uh, oh god, we'll we'll see you later. <laughs>